listening to New Life the Fort, where the person of Jesus Christ and His love for you are shared. Today I want to talk to you about a lifestyle of thanksgiving. A lifestyle of thanksgiving. I know that last Thursday there were some families, all right, uh, uh, because in the U.S., especially in the U.S., you know, uh, they have a tradition. Uh, every last Thursday of November, they come together and they have Thanksgiving Day, all right? And so I know that there are also some Filipino families uh, who also celebrate that. But, you know, what I want to really uh, just really emphasize, maybe in this preaching today, really, is that Thanksgiving, and it's good to celebrate once a year with a big dinner and all that, but Thanksgiving should not just be a one-time event. I really believe that Thanksgiving is a lifestyle. Amen. And it should be an outpouring of our hearts responding to the goodness of God. And so today, that's what we want to talk about, a lifestyle of Thanksgiving, okay? So I wanted to go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 to 18. We'll read it first in the New King James, and then we will go to the Message Bible in a bit. It says here, rejoice always. Now, always means always, all right? So it says rejoice always, pray without ceasing. And how many of you know prayer is not just, you know, we, uh, a formal thing that we come onto our knees and we pray to God. Now, how many of you know that even while you're cooking, even while you're doing uh, work, and whatever it is that you're doing, your spirit can continually commune with God? Okay, so that's prayer. So let's not be religious about prayer and make it just, uh, you know, just a one-time event that you do every morning or every night. No, prayer just means communication with God. And we do that every day, amen? So pray without ceasing. And it says, in everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. Now it says, in everything, not necessarily for everything. I mean, we don't thank God for the typhoon Yolanda. First of all, he did not send it. Okay, so we know that. So we don't thank God for everything. Oh, I thank you, Lord. I'm sick today. Oh, of course not. But in everything, that means whatever situation we are in. You know, it's, it's easy to thank God when we're in a good situation. But when you are in a challenging situation, the more we should give thanks to God. All right? So it says, in everything, give thanks. Why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is God's will. And I will tell you why. God wills us and God wants us to thank him. But let's just, let's just go to the Message Bible, same verses. It says here, be cheerful no matter what. Pray, communicate with God all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. Because how many of you know that when you thank God in the, mid, in the midst of situation, it gives him room to come in, invade the situation, and turn it around for your good. And it says, this is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. This is the way to live. Our hearts overflowing with thanksgiving to God. Now, I was reading a devotional, and it was about thanksgiving, you know, as you study about thanksgiving. And I said, okay, Lord, you know, I want you to direct me uh, to, to devotionals and words that, you know, I'm just going to impart to my spirit on thanksgiving. And I, I, I want to quote this to you. This is really good. It says here, the greatest thing is to give thanks in everything. 
He who has learned this knows what it means to live. He has penetrated the whole mystery of life, giving thanks in everything. Wow. So that means giving thanks must be a powerful thing. You know, rejoicing, praising, and giving thanks is actually an act of our will. It is something that we choose to do no matter what. Amen. We choose to rejoice. We choose to give thanks. We choose to praise him. Amen. Why? Because when we do that, it creates an atmosphere for God to move. If we want to see the miracle of thanksgiving in action, all we need to do is look at the life of Jesus. And there's so many instances in the word that as Jesus gave thanks, and I believe he gave thanks every minute, every second of the day. The Bible does tell us that Jesus had a wonderful relationship with his father. And as he had that wonderful relationship with his father, I know that there was always thanksgiving there. And so let's just look at some things here. In John 6, 11, I want you to see this. We all know these stories, but I want you to look at it through the lens of thanksgiving. So John 6, 11 is a story about the multiplication of the loaves and the fish. It says here, and Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. Now, I want you to see something here. In this situation, there was a, uh, there was a lack. If you remember this story, there were 5,000 men, not including women and children. There could be about fifteen to 20,000 people there. And they were hungry. But there was no food. There was nowhere to buy any food. And even, you know, the disciples said, and even if we had a year's worth of wages with us, there was no way we could be, provide for all. Now, how many of you know that it was a situation of lack and that was a situation of hopelessness? All right. But I want you to see what Jesus did. Well, a lad came, you know that, he gave five loaves and two fish. Now, sometimes when we're faced with a situation so big and we look at our resources and we look at our lack, the last thing is thanksgiving. Because sometimes it's like, that's the need. This is what I have. Lord, kulang. Where am I going to get the money? How is this going to fit? How is this going to stretch? And the boss didn't give me my promotion, and I didn't get my paycheck yet, and my salary is too small. And I'm so, and on and on, the complaining. That's the tendency of other people. Of course, not people in New Life the Fort, you know? But I want you to see what Jesus did. He was faced five loaves, two fish, 20,000 people. And what did he do? He thanked God for what he had. He gave thanks. And he said, gave thanks. And after he did that, He distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down, likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. I'm here to tell you if you're facing lack in your life, if you're believing for multiplication, don't complain about what you have. Thank God for what you have. Because when you thank God for what you have, it gets God room to move and multiply what you have in your hand. Amen. Look at that. Five loaves, two fish, 20,000 people. How many of you know that's a miracle right there? And so I challenge you, when you go out and you look at your wallet, don't say 20 pesos na lang. Say, praise God, I have 20 bucks. 
Praise God, may pangkorneto ako. Amen. Praise God, this is enough for a tricycle. Praise God, I can exercise my legs today and be strong and walk home. Thank God. Train. We, we need to train ourselves. We need to, you know, just get God. Lord, help us to see what I can thank God for in every situation. When you do that, I'm telling you, God is going to show you more things than you could imagine. He's just going to show you more things. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, we'll also look at John eleven forty one. Now, in John eleven forty one, Jesus was faced with death himself. Death. And we all know there's nothing more hopeless than death. When you're dead, that's it. You're dead. It's a hopeless thing. But I want you to see what Jesus did in the face of an impossible situation. In John eleven forty one. And I know this. I mean, he was sad. Lazarus was his friend. How many of you know that Jesus was sad? You know? But even in his sadness, it says here, they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes. And what did he say? Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I'm here to tell you right now. If you are facing an impossible situation, you go before the Father and you say, Father, I thank you that you have heard me today. I thank you that you hear me when I speak life over my situation. I thank you for words of life that I speak over my dreams right now. Any dead situation in your life, any area that needs resurrection, thank God. Why? Because thanksgiving raises the dead. Thanksgiving brings things to life. We can see here that Jesus showed us how to do it. And we say, well, that's Jesus. Of course, that's Jesus. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus himself lives on the inside of you. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Where does he dwell? In you. In you. The same power that raised the dead, that raised Jesus from the dead, is the same power that is in you. And so when you face a dead situation, when you face a, a, a dream that needs to be resurrected, when you face your finances and you think your finances are hopeless or your relationship is hopeless, I want you to thank God. Thank God that you have the power on the inside of you to cause life to come in a situation. Amen. Remember what I said. With a believer, there is nothing hopeless and there is nothing impossible. Why? Because you have God on the inside of you. Amen. So here he is. We see thanks and then a mind-blowing miracle. We see thanks and multiplication happens. Amen? Now, thanksgiving. Now, some of you might say, well, pastor, what are you saying? Are you saying that, you know, uh, if we don't thank God, it's like a work. Oh, you need to thank God. You need to thank God or else a miracle won't happen. Well, let me tell you this. Even the word itself, thanks. Why do you say thank you? Because somebody did something for you. So thanksgiving is a response. It is not a work. Right? So never think of, oh, okay, now oh, that's a formula. Formula one, let's thank the Lord. Okay, Lord, I'm going to thank you right now. So I really, okay, I'm going to thank you. So you better give me what I'm asking for. No. Thanksgiving is a result of realizing what Jesus Christ has done for you. Remember that uh, we, we uh, talked about the grace for good works? How many of you remember that? Grace for good works. What did I say about good works? They've already been prepared. Your provision has already been prepared. 
your healing has already been prepared. It's already a done deal. So that's what you're thanking God for. You're, okay, let me say this. You're not thanking God because you want him to do something. You're thanking God because he already did something. And when that manifestation comes, it's only a manifestation of what he has already prepared and done for you. All right? Amen. Is that, is that clear? So Thanksgiving is not a work, all right? You know, I, I, I remember, and this happened just this week, all right? I mean, I love, I love it when you're studying the word. And, of course, when you're studying the word, the first person who needs to step out and, and apply it is the one who's studying, right? And so we've been praying about, uh, we've been talking about speaking in tongues. How many of you remember last week? We talked about praying in the spirit and how praying in the spirit, you know, gives you wisdom. And, of course, I was um, studying and I was meditating on Thanksgiving. But see, for many months now, Pastor Giselle and I were in a situation, we were really believing for something to happen, all right? And so, you know, we did what we knew to do, but we were believing. We were believing for favor. We were believing for doors to open. Uh, The thing is, because in the natural, looking at what we had and looking at circumstances, you know, it was quite impossible for that thing that we were believing for to actually happen. Now, along the way, along the process of our believing, we would already see God's hand and God's favor upon it. But in the final stretch, you know, when we wanted that thing just to manifest and push through, there were so many hindrances. I mean, we would talk to people. They would say, oh, you know what? Uh, yes, you know, uh, we can do this for you, but only up to this because you can't, you can't do this with what you have and because you're limited and all that. And it was all about our limitation. And you said, and even if you talk to other people here, we'd really like to help you, but this is only how much we can do. And, you know, we, we can't do any more than that. And, and so we were praying, said, no, Lord, Lord, we believe this is from you, God. We believe you told us to step out, God. And so, you know what? We're just going to thank you because you have already prepared the good work for us. And so I remember, I said, honey, I said, remember about speaking in tongues? When we speak in tongues, we actually take out hindrances. We take out obstacles. That's what we felt like. There was always a hindrance. There was always an obstacle that was blocking what we were believing for. So we started to pray in tongues, remember? Every day, every day, we would think of that situation. And we started to pray. And then, yeah, every day we would thank the Lord and all that. But then... One time as I was studying for, uh, you know, like uh, Thanksgiving, I said, Thanksgiving, and it suddenly came alive in my heart. I said, you know what? I'm going to just thank God. Thank God, and you know what? That's it. It's already done. For me, it's already a done deal. So one morning, Pastor Giselle and I, we just said, well, Lord, today we declare in the name of Jesus it is done Thank you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for favor. Thank you for open doors. Thank you. You're turning things around. Thank you that the gates are open. Thank you, Father God, that whatever it is we're believing for, it is ours today. Now, thank you. It was just Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. The whole morning. That's what we did on the car, on the way to the office. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, you are such a good God. Thank you, Lord. Things have been prepared. We're going to walk in it, Lord. Thank you, Father. I mean, that's just all we talked about. And that same day, that same day, that same day, oh my goodness, how many of you like same day? I mean, that same day, we walk into our office, so you know, it's the same thing, you know, we weren't really talking about it, but we already thanked God for it, and all of a sudden, we got a phone call, and that person said, Pastor, it's done, it's done. It's finished. It's yours. 
So we were like, I mean, I know I'm alto, but when I screamed, I was suddenly a soprano. Soprano, soprano. So I was in the office and, ah, ah, and then I left the office like this. And then Pat's, you know, in the office, uh, Pat's is, uh, you know, she's our, uh, in our admin and her, her, her uh, table is right beside her office. And I go out and I look at her, she goes, you okay? I said, oh, all is good, all is good. And I go back to the office. Ah, ah. I am telling you, when you praise and thank God, oh, hallelujah, miracles begin to happen. Amen. Amen. And I knew it was on the way. I knew. I, I mean, I knew, but it was like so frustrating. I said, you know what? I'm going to thank God. I'm telling you there's power in thanksgiving because there are obstacles. God wants to bring it to you. Oh, but there are obstacles, obstacles. But you can thank your way to your breakthrough. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And so... Anyway, so as I was reading, now this is my favorite part of Thanksgiving. Because as I was studying, look at, uh, look at Luke 22, verse 14 to 20. And we just did that today. We just uh, did communion. But I want you to see how communion and Thanksgiving are so intertwined, all right? So here in verse 14, this is where Jesus institutes the Lord's Supper. It says here, when the hour had come, he sat down, and the twelve apostles with him. Then he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks. So he took the cup, and what did he do? He thanked God and said, take this. Divide it among yourselves, for I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread and again gave thanks and broke it, gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. And so I'm reading thanks, you know. And I look up that word thanks. And the Greek word for the word thanks is the word eucharisteo. Eucharisteo. And I'm going, eucharisteo? Eucharist. Isn't that what we call the communion? Communion is the Eucharist. But eucharisteo is actually the, it's actually the Greek word for thanks. And this is what it means. To be grateful. To actively say actively. To actively express gratitude. It's also to say grace at a meal. It is to feel thankful, to be grateful. And it is from the root word meaning to be mindful of favors. To be mindful of favors. So what does it mean when we thank God? We are mindful of his favors. We remember his favors. We meditate on his favors. And as we do that, thanksgiving starts bubbling out. Now, the word eucharisteo comes from two words. E-U, you, all right? And this is what it means. It means good. It means well. It means an overwhelmingly good feeling about something. That's what you means, E-U. Now, the word caris. Now, of course, you all know what the word caris means. What does caris mean? Grace. 
Charis is grace. So charis is freely granted favor. All right? So when you put those two words together, eucharisteo, this is the literal meaning of it. It is an outpouring of grace and wonderful feelings that flow freely from the heart in response to someone or something. That's eucharisteo, thanksgiving, an outpouring of grace and wonderful feelings that flow freely from the heart in response to someone or something. That's why our thanksgiving is not a work. Our thanksgiving flows freely from a heart that is responding to him and what he has done. And as I was reading this, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just showed me something. He said, you know, Eucharist is communion, right? Communion. What does it mean? We are communing with God. Eucharist also means special communion with God. We are in union with Him. So when we partake of communion, we are doing it as one with God. That's what Eucharist means. But this is what happens. Okay, when you take of the bread and you drink of the cup. Eucharisteo. From Jesus, from Jesus, all right, it is his own outpouring of grace that flowed freely from his heart in response to the condition of mankind. So it's the same meaning except it came from his heart because, you know, oh, we give thanks to God. But how many of you know Jesus also does Eucharisteo? He is outpouring, he's pouring out his grace really pouring it out in response. Remember, it's a response, right? But it is in response to the need that he sees. It, is, it was in response. His finished work was a eucharisteo, was a pouring out of grace that was responding to the need of mankind. We needed to be saved. Amen. And he responded to that. Now, on our part now, that's from Jesus, from us, it is now those wonderful feelings of thanksgiving that flow freely from our heart responding to what he now has done. So when we partake of communion, I pray you will not partake of communion the same way again. When you partake of communion, there is this flow of eucharisteo. Now when you partake of it, how many of you here, when you're feeling sick in your body, you're partaking of communion? Amen? So... When you're feeling sick in your body, what is happening is as you partake of it in that communion from Jesus, there is an outpouring of grace, all right, to meet that need, whether it's healing, whether it's provision, whatever it is that you need. And even as we partake of the communion, we are also expressing gratitude for what he has already done. So that is a very powerful thing. You know, I'll tell you um, the power of communion, all right? I mean, we, we all take communion every Sunday, and some people will say, well, why do you take it every Sunday? It's so religious. No, we take it because we know the power of communion. And now there's even more to it now. You know, it's not just like, okay, we receive what we are reminded. No, there's a thanksgiving. There's a flow of thanksgiving, of grace. There's a cycle that's going on when we partake of it. That's why God says this is the will of God for you. Well, I heard this testimony. It's amazing testimony. We have a couple from the church, and we had a fellowship with them. And so we were talking about communion. We were talking about the grace of God. And they were saying, oh, Pastor, we need to tell you this story because we have a friend, all right? And this friend, I mean, um, 
you know, I, I forgot if um, that, that friend was a Christian or not, but not having a revelation of grace and did not have a revelation of, of the power of communion. But she was diagnosed with fourth stage cancer, all right? And she had metastasized so bad. I mean, there were so many organs in her body that was already affected by the cancer. And so this couple from the church, you know, just had in their hearts, you know, we need to tell her about communion. Communion is powerful, you know. Uh, we need to tell her about the grace of God. And so they spoke to her and, you know, they, they just, you know, ministered to her and they taught her about communion. And at first, she's like, oh, well, yeah, okay, I know about communion, but I don't know. Well, we'll see. But they gave her CDs, all right? How many of you know it's good to hear the word? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So she started listening to it, and right believing produces right living. So what happened was that when she got a revelation, she started taking communion. She started having a revelation. Today, she's 100% healed, whole, and cancer-free. Amen. Amen. What was that? Communion is thanksgiving. A cycle where you thank God for what he has done, but he's also pouring out his grace in that area in response to your need. Ha! Huh. Oh, my goodness. Makes me want to take communion again. You know you can take communion every day, right? You know you can do that every day. Amen. So that is Eucharistia. And you know what's beautiful about this is that Jesus instituted this communion not in a one-time rare event, you know, one-time thing. No, but he did it with the simplest of things, bread and juice. He did it in a meal. They called it the last supper, right? Passover meal. So what was he saying? He said, I want you to remember me every time, every day. You know why? We eat every day. We eat how many times every day? I mean, even in our culture, we have breakfast, right? Then we have second breakfast. Then we have lunch. Then we have merienda, right? Then we have dinner. And if you're Singapore, you have second supper. And then you have midnight snack. I mean, our day is riddled with food, <laughs> with eating, as simple as eating. And God is saying, that's how I want Thanksgiving to be. That it should not just be an event. It should be a lifestyle. How many of you know when we don't eat, we die? So we will always eat. <laughs> so when we always eat, God is saying, when you eat, when you partake, when you put something in your mouth, bread, rice, whatever it is, I want you to remember. And I want you to thank me. Why? Because there is power in thanksgiving. So he put this so that this thanksgiving could be so intertwined with our everyday life. Say every day. So he sets this Eucharistio in our everyday bread and drink, in our everyday partaking. Amen. 1 Corinthians 11.26. Look at this. It says in 1 Corinthians 11.26, whenever, say whenever, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, whenever. I mean, that's so easy to remember, right? Because right after this, you're going to eat. <laughs> right? So remember that when you're going to eat. You know, we have a, a team, a New Covenant Kids team, and our young adults team, 21 in all, and they're all in New Creation Church. They're all in Singapore now and uh, because they're having a study tour. They're having so much fun, and they're also, you know, I mean, I, I saw the videos and everything. But as they were posting pictures, posting pictures of fun and eating, 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 then fun and eating, 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 eating. It was all about food. 
I mean, Filipinos love to eat. Amen. And so, but see, when we do that, we'll never forget. I'm telling you, I declare in Jesus' name, every time you eat, it doesn't matter if it's like popcorn in a movie. You're going to get the popcorn and say, wow, Lord, wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that I'm sitting in this movie house. Thank you for that money to watch a movie and enjoy life. You can thank God. Amen. So it says, he says, whenever, whenever, and whenever is like constantly, every day. Amen. Look at Colossians 3, 15 to 17. I think this is the message Bible. Yes. It says here, let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing. And cultivate thankfulness. What does cultivate mean? Encourage. Stimulate it. Remember, being thankful is a choice. We need to make a choice to thank God and not complain. Let me challenge you. When you're about to complain, thank God instead. Come on. When you're about to complain, thank God instead. All right? So, Pastor Giselle and I, we're going to make a pact. (laughs) And once we complain, we're going to say, oops, thank God, thank God. Amen? Amen. All right. So, and then he says, let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. I love that. That means everything that you do in your home, everything that pertains to your home, it's all with the word of God. When you're faced with a situation in your family or in your home, you're going, okay, what, is, what, is that, what does the word say about it? Or what did God say about this? Oh, I'm going to speak life of that situation. Amen? He says, give it plenty of room in your lives. Give God plenty of room to move in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. And sing. Sing your hearts out to God. Aren't you glad it did not say, sing. Sing in tune to God. Sing in tune. No, but it just said, sing out your hearts to God. Doesn't matter. Be in the shower. Do it in the privacy of your room. Amen. You sing your hearts to God. Love every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever. Be done in the name of the Master Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. That is the will of God for us, that we thank him in everything. And you know what? Don't wait for the big things. Don't wait for the big things before you thank God. Thank God in the small things. Remember communion. It's a small crumb, right? It's a little, I mean, hindi naman namin kayo binibigyan ng ganyang kalaking bote ng wine, okay? Now you partake of the juice. Tagal-tagal, oh. Juju-juice pa rin. You know, I remember one time communion in a wedding. I have no idea why they put that big piece of pandesal for the bride and the groom. It was a huge piece. And so now they're partake of communion and the bride's like, Antagal parang, okay, yes, we'll wait. Don't worry. You know, I mean, so how many of you know it, it, it doesn't have to be a big piece of bread, you know? It's just a small piece and juice, right? So what is he saying? Don't wait for the big things. In the small things, praise God. Thank him. You know what? Because the little things add up to those big moments. You know, when our, when our, when our son graduated middle school, when Kevin graduated, and next year is graduating high school. <laughs> yeah, but he's graduating middle, he, when he graduated middle school, I was like, Lord God, I thank you. Oh, look at my son. You know, he graduated. And oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. But you know what? That big thank you added up. 
Like when he would awake, Lord God, I thank you for Kevin, for strength. Uh, give him strength for his homework. Give him strength for school. And then, oh, Lord, I thank you for the provision that you've given for his baon. I mean, dati, 25 pesos, okay na. Ngayon, gaganyan na yan. Mom, you know. I mean, the baon just increases. Hallelujah. So, Lord, I thank God for the provision for that. And every year, every year, thanking God for his provision. Thanking God for his strength. Thanking God for the wisdom, for his homework, for his exams, for his tests. Oh, my goodness. But those little thank yous every day just added up to that one big moment when he graduated. said, thank you, Lord. Thank you for my son grown up to be a wonderful boy. Amen. So don't just wait for the big things. Little by little makes big. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at um, Psalm 92, 1 to 2 in the Message Bible. Psalm 92, 1 to 2 in the Message Bible. It says, what a beautiful thing, God, to give thanks, to sing an anthem to you, the high God, to announce your love each daybreak. So pagising nyo palang, Lord, I thank you for your love. Thank you for surrounding me with your love. And sing of your faithful presence all through the night. How many of you know that is a continual thing? I'm telling you, Thanksgiving will lift your spirits up. Last Friday, we were caught in a bad traffic, bad, bad, bad traffic from Alabang to Green Hills. Oh, my goodness. It took us three, more than three hours, I think, just to, 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 to reach Green Hills. And, of course, you know, Pastor Giselle was driving, and he was like, Ugh, I'm so hungry, you know. And, I, and I'm looking at him like, oh, dear, you know, it's like, you know, because I mean, who wouldn't, right? No, but you know what we did? I said, honey, let's thank the Lord. Just right in the middle of traffic. And we started praising God. Oh, we thank you, Lord, that we even have a car. We thank you, Lord, that we're not walking. We th- and we started thinking, you know what happened? It lifted our spirits up. It did. And nakarating din naman kami, right? <laughs> But at least hindi naman kami nakarating na ganyan yung mga mukha namin. No, when we got there, we were like, I mean, our countenance changed. Especially Pastor Giselle. After all the driving. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, I want to give you three things, all right? And I know there's a lot. But just from the word and because, you know, of time. Three things, all right, where you can thank your way into. All right? Three things. Number one, you can thank your way to health and wholeness. All right? And let's go to Luke 17, 11 to 19. Luke 17, 11 to 19. I'm just going to give you this. So you know what? Your, your hearts are stirred up to thank God. And this is the story of the ten lepers. It says here, Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, of mercy on us. And so when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. All right. So how many of you know they got healed? And leprosy was such a dreaded disease because, you know, people didn't want to touch them. It was very contagious. But this time, you know, they were healed. And then it says, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God, fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were they not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? I'm telling you, when you give thanks, you give glory to God. 
said, oh, I want to give glory to God. I want to give glory to God. Well, thank him. Because the Bible says thanking him is giving glory to God. And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. So I'm reading it. I thought he was already healed, right? He was already healed. So Jesus didn't have to say, oh, yes. Oh, your faith has made you well. Because obviously he was already healed. That's why he went to give thanks. So I looked up at this word healed. And it is the Greek word sozo. Sozo is the Greek word for salvation, to be saved. In another translation, in the Message Bible, it says here, Then he said to him, Get up on your way. Your faith has healed and saved you. Oh my goodness. Thanksgiving cost this man to receive so much more than just physical healing. Now, how many of you know physical healing is already good? Now, those men were healed, but they weren't changed. They weren't changed. This man was healed, but he just wasn't healed. He was changed on the inside. Salvation had come into the heart of this man. And how many of you know That salvation is so much better than just getting healed. Because when you're healed, you could always get sick again and not know what to do. Oh, help you, Lord. But when you are saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, having resurrection life on the inside of you, when sickness tries to come, you have the authority to rebuke it. Come on now. So how many of you know that this man got so much more than just physical healing? Something happened to him spiritually, so you can thank your way to health and wholeness. Another thing is you can thank your way to peace. Thank your way to peace. Philippians 4, 6 to 7, in the New Living Translation. It says here, do not worry about anything. Don't worry, all right? Instead, pray. Commune with God. Talk to God about everything. All right? I I mean, I love that. That every time something comes up in my life, the first person we can talk to is God. Not our neighbor. (laughs) Not our comadico padre. Oh, you know, the no. To God. Amen. Why? He knows what to do. Amen. And of course, we can talk to our leaders or our life group members or people that, you know, God has brought together with. But the first person, he says, no, if you're worried, talk to me about it. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need, not tell people what you need. You know, we're not people who say, oh, you know, somebody's beside you. Lord God, thank you for our tuition fee. And I pray you would talk to someone who would you touch the heart of that person. No, we tell God of our need. You don't tell people. You know why? Because when it starts happening, you know it's God. And he will use people. He will use people. We'll wait for God to speak to them. You know, hindi tayo yung... kulang yung ano ko, tuition. Ang sabi mo, nothing. May narinig ka ba kay Lord? Did you hear something from God? Tuition fee. Ah, sorry, sorry. May sipon ako eh. Tuition fee. 
No. Amen. Tell God what you need. And then, what does it say? Thank him for all he has done. So after you tell him, God, you know my need. I really need you to do this for me. And Lord, I thank you. It's already done in Jesus' name. All right? Then you will experience what? God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, when you start thanking God and you believe that thanksgiving always precedes your miracle, you're going to have peace. Even if you don't see things happening yet, but you thank God for it, I'm telling you, supernatural peace beyond what we can understand. Amen. I mean, even that, our, our testimony just last week, after we thank God. Now, okay, our mind was still working. Uh, what if, what if, what if. Now, how many of you are mind can do that? But my heart, there was peace. I did not know how it was going to happen. I just knew that was not my job. My job was to believe. My job is to thank God. My job is to know that he is faithful. My job is to believe that. And guess what? Who will do it? He will. And so there was peace. My mind might have been going, okay, what next? What next? And we go, shh, peace. So when you thank God, you can thank your way to peace. Amen? Hallelujah. The more you meditate on what Jesus has done for you, the more you can thank him. And the more you thank him, the more his peace reigns in your heart. Amen. And the last thing I want to talk to you about is that you can thank your way to victory. You can thank your way to victory. You don't have to fight your way. No. Thank your way to victory. Now, in the Old Testament, the word thanks there is the Hebrew word yada. Yada. And what it means is to worship with extended hands. Can we practice? That's what we did. Praise and worship, right? This is yada. It actually means thanksgiving. So when, 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 when the enemy <laughs> sees you raising up your hands, he's actually, uh-oh, uh-oh, there's power. Why? There's thanksgiving. Because yada comes from the root word yad, Y-A-D. And do you know what that means? It means an open hand indicating power. When you lift up your hands to God, there is power. Because I know that there are people here. You're going through circumstances in your life. But when you lift up your hand, there is power in your open hand. And I'm going to tell you why. Remember the Bible says in Romans 6 that we have been crucified with Christ. Right? That means when he died, you died. When he was on the cross, you were on the cross. So when you lift up your hands, this is what you're saying. I died with him. You see the nail marks, devil? I died with him. And you are showing in the spirit what Christ has done for you. So when you lift up your hands, demons have to flee. They see those marks on your hands. They see the power of the resurrection in your hands. There is power when you lift your hands in thanksgiving. I'm going to read you a story. And I speak this over you. It is a story in the Old Testament. But I know that, oh my goodness, this is a word. For, if not for, all, for some of us, if not all of us. In 2 Chronicles 20, Jehoshaphat was faced with an army. It was an army so big that it was impossible to defeat them. But I'm so glad the first person he talked to was God. 
he prayed to God. He asked God for help. And God answered him in verse 17. Second Chronicles verse 17. It says here, God said, you shall not need to fight in this battle. Take your positions. What is our new covenant pose? That's our position. That's your position as a believer. Don't be shy. So many people are shy. Don't be shy. Come on now. We're believers. This is the power that we have. We're thanking the Lord. So he said here, take your positions. Stand still and see the deliverance of the Lord who is with you. Oh, new life the fourth. Fear not, nor be dismayed. And he says, tomorrow go out against them for the Lord is with you. And I want you to see what Jehoshaphat did. Let's jump to verse 20. And they rose early in the morning. In the Amplified. Let's go to the Amplified. Second Chronicles 20, verse 20 in the Amplified. And they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O new life the fourth, you inhabitants, believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe and remain steadfast to his prophets and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers to sing to the Lord and praise him in their holy priestly garments. What is your holy priestly garment? It is the robe of righteousness. We come before the Lord praising him and worshiping him with no shame, no guilt, no condemnation. Why? Because we are dressed in that robe of righteousness. And he said it, and as they went out before the army, saying what? Woo! Give thanks to the Lord for his mercy and loving kindness endure forever. What did they do? They just said, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you for your mercy, God. Thank you for your goodness. And look at what happened. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments. Against the men of Ammon, of Moab, of Mount Seir, of poverty, of sickness, of depression, of lack. Who had come against New Life the Fort. And they were self-slaughtered. My goodness. They didn't even have to lift a finger. They didn't have to work out their victory. They just raised their hands. Praised the Lord. For suspecting betrayal, the men of Ammon and Moab rose against those of Mount Seir, utterly destroying them. And when they had made an end of the men of Seir, they all helped to destroy one another. I'm telling you, your enemy gets confused. When you start worshiping the Lord, Satan gets confused. What's happening? Whoa, they're already in lack. They're in sickness and disease. And yet they're praising God. Ah! And he has to flee. When you raise up your hands, you confuse the enemy. And when Jehoshaphat and his people... Oh, and when Judah came to the watchtower of the wilderness, they looked at the multitude and behold, there were dead bodies fallen to the earth. None had escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take the spoil, oh, look at that. They didn't just win, they had blessings. They found among them much cattle, goods, garments. Oh, hallelujah, garments. Yes, Lord. Precious things. I know that includes jewelry. Yes, Lord. Pababae talaga eh. Yung cattle, uh, kay Pastor Giselle na yan. I think cattle, mga kotse yan eh. Oh, di ba? <laughs> cattle, goods, garments, precious things, which they took for themselves more than they could carry away. 
So much they were three days in gathering the spoil. Sobra, sobra. Ano bang ginawa nila? Thank you. Thank you, God, for your mercy. Thank you, God, for your goodness. Thank you. And all of a sudden, three days spoil. Whew. And on the fourth day, they assembled in the Valley of Baraka. I'm telling you, this is why we assemble together. Because we want to thank God for His goodness. There they blessed the Lord. So the name of the place is still called the Valley of Baraka. Or the Valley of Blessing. I'm telling you, when you worship the Lord, you can thank your way to health and wholeness. You can thank your way to peace. You can thank your way to victory. You can thank your way to an abundant life in Him. You can thank God every day and remember every day as soon as you go out and have your lunch. Don't just say thank you for the food. But say, God, thank you for my life. Thank you for your life that you gave for me. Thank you, Lord. Every time when you go out and eat popcorn in a movie, before you put that morsel in <laughs> I'm telling you, you're never going to forget this. So every time you put something in your mouth, you thank God. And you just thank Him in your heart for all that He has done. Thank you. Jesus, we thank you for your word. Jesus, we thank you for the word that washes our hearts today. Today we are washed clean. Our minds are renewed, Lord. We thank you. Jesus, you are the word manifested. We thank you, Jesus, for the life that you have given us. We thank you that with us, because of you, there is nothing hopeless, nothing impossible. Thank you, Lord, that we can walk on water. We can walk in the impossible things because of what you have done for us. Thank you. And we even thank you for the little things, Lord God. We thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the air that we breathe, the water that we drink. Thank you for friends. Thank you for family. Thank you for people that you have brought into our lives to speak life. We thank you that we are blessed to be a blessing. Thank you, Lord, for our ministries. We thank you for our jobs. And even if we don't have a job, thank you, Lord, that we're not hungry. Thank you, Lord, that you even provide while we are looking for a job. But all our needs are met. We thank you, Lord, that our children are growing up in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so much, Lord. Truly, you are an awesome God. You are a wonderful and perfect daddy. And we thank you in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, amen and amen. Let's give God the glory. I do not want to assume that in this place, everybody has received the gift that is the Lord Jesus Christ. In this place, there might be one, two, there might be three who have not received Jesus Christ in their hearts as Lord and Savior. And you've heard this message and you've seen how much he wants to bless you. You've seen what he has done that from before the foundation of the world, he has set this Eucharistio, this Eucharist, this outpouring of grace and love in response to our need. So I want to give you an opportunity to say thank you by receiving Jesus in your heart as Lord and Savior, with every head bowed and every eye closed, and even in the off-site location. If you could do that, please. If you're here and you're saying, Pastor, <laughs> the voice of a million angels cannot even begin to express the gratitude I feel in my heart for what Jesus has done for me. Pastor, I want to receive Jesus. I want to thank Him by receiving Him into my heart as my Lord and as my Savior. I want him to work in and through my life. I want him to help me, 
have a lifestyle of thanksgiving. I want to live in peace and wholeness and victory. Pastor, would you please pray for me? I want to receive Jesus. If that is you, repeat this prayer after me. And I know as you do that, Christ is going to come into your heart and he's going to dwell and abide there. Congregation, let's pray this prayer with those who are going to pray it for the first time. Jesus, thank you so much for what you have done for me. You have poured out your grace in my greatest need. I was on my way to hell. But today, you have picked me up. You have put me in a place where I am empowered to receive. So today, Jesus, I receive you into my heart as my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for the life you have prepared for me. And I thank you that throughout my life, you're going to lead me and you're going to guide me to life everlasting. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. Let's give glory to God. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website at newlifethefort.com.